If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started right now making your own podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? I am one-third of your host of the happy hour, Mike, and I am always with my trusty... Twisted tea drinking tonight. We uh we have a pretty cool show tonight. Uh something different, something that's way out of the norm, but I figured with Tab working at Pope Lake, Pope Lake Haunted Woods in Louisville, Kentucky, and Caleb working at the American Horrorplex also in Louisville, Kentucky, both open through the month of October. You can check those two haunts out, among all the others here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, amazing haunts all around, especially Pope Lick and American Horrorplex, my two favorites. <laughs> anyway, uh, like I said, though, since we're doing a... Uh, it's Halloween season upon us, obviously it's October. Uh, I figured we would do something a little different tonight. Uh, I want to do some real-life ghost stories. And uh, I do have some submissions, and I am going to play for you the audio of some other some other people's real-life ghost stories, and I sincerely hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, if you haven't already, you can follow us on Twitter at HappyHourShow3. If you want to see some really cool behind-the-scenes photos, you can follow us on Instagram at happyhourpod3. And as always, you can follow us also on Facebook at Happy Hour Podcast. Check those three out. That's where we'll be. Uh, you can listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and if you have the Anchor app, you can listen to us there. And if you don't have the Anchor app, you should get it. Because it's really awesome and you can record your own podcasts on there and get lots of people to listen to it and subscribe just like we did, which is really cool, again, on Anchor. Anyway, let's get down to the show. This is Real Life Ghost Stories. I hope you enjoy. Get into our very first 
real life ghost story. It comes to us from a good buddy of mine. His name is Scott Morgan. And Scott used to work many, many moons ago. He worked at a local haunted attraction here in Louisville. It was known as the Baxter Avenue Morgue. And Baxter was known for having some uh, hauntings off and on, being a real haunted building. And Scott Morgan here has been so kind as to share one of his encounters, his personal real-life ghost stories, with us right here on the show. So, without further ado, this is Scott Morgan's real-life ghost story. So while I was working at Baxter Avenue Morgue one night, one of the rooms in the very beginning of the haunt, we had a coffin drop. And we had a coffin off the side that we used to use to slam and get behind the lid down when a group would come through. A really good pop scare. Anyways, I'm waiting for the group to come through and I felt something cold brush past me. I didn't think much about it and so I turned around and I looked to see a shadow figure moving around me in the, in the room behind me. Let's just say I didn't look behind me the rest of the night. Well, Scott, amazing story. Thank you for sharing. Gotta love the, uh, the shadow figures. Those are some that, that seem to be quite common with a lot of people. Uh, they can be good or bad. I guess it just all depends on, on, you know, on whatever. Uh... Our next submission comes from another very, very dear friend of ours, the lovely Tammy Wilson. Tammy, thank you so much for submitting your real-life ghost story here on Happy Hour Podcast. Tammy's story goes as follows. My son was born in 1999. My mother had passed in 1995. All her grandchildren called her Nana. Well, my son had no way of knowing that because I always referred to her as mom. Excuse me. So when he was about two and a half, he was playing under a blanket in the dining room, and my husband and myself were just sitting there chit-chatting about our day. My son is giggling like crazy under this blanket on the floor and wiggling like someone is tickling him. Well, out of nowhere, he says, Stop it, Nana. I quickly pulled the blanket off of him and asked, What did you say? He said, I said, Stop it, Nana. She was tickling me. I am in shock. I said, Who is she? Thinking not much of it because uh, he had never met her before, seeing how she had passed away years before he was born. He said, Your mommy is silly. Fast forward to the age of my five... Uh, Fast, fast forward to the age of age five of my son, who now stayed with my dad a few days during the week, during the summer, and while driving home one night after I collected him, he casually says, Nana wants you to know that she is very proud of you, she loves you very much, and she wants to thank you for taking care of her. I took care of my mom around the clock while she was passing from cancer. Being nosy like I am, and wanting to prove he's not making this up, 
I said, what does Nana look like? I couldn't have... I couldn't have pictures of her out after she passed because it made me sad. I didn't speak of her very much either. My son had very little knowledge of my mom. He goes on to describe her to a T and what she was buried in. That's creepy. Which he absolutely absolutely would have no way of knowing because we never spoke of it. I'm sensitive to these things, but my son has always seen things from a very early age. Tammy, thank you so much for submitting that. That that was a great story. Great story. Uh, you know, I've had some experiences of my own, several of them over the years. And uh, they were... Well, they were really creepy. Now, I'm going to let you hear some clips of 12 true horror animated stories. That's what this is. That's where this soundboard is from, or the sound clip. And I, uh, I hope you enjoy it. So we're going we're gonna to get to it. Without further ado, this is 12 True Horror Stories. Enjoy. Okay, it's me, Adrian. People choose Sonobello because they can permanently... This story happened to me a couple years ago. It happened on a Saturday night. I was typing on a school report for my English class and was pretty worn out from the tedious amount of thinking that transpired throughout the paper. I decided to take a break and procrastinate a little bit, and maybe watch a couple of YouTube videos. I needed to take some stress off my mind, but didn't really have anyone to vent or talk to. This gave me the idea to visit a chat room called Omegle. For those of you who don't know what Omegle is, it's a chat room where you can literally video chat with random strangers online through your computer webcam. Needless to say, Omegle definitely helped with my social skills growing up as a child, so I was always active on it. I remember this one particular night. I was having trouble meeting new people. This left me a little frustrated to say the least, but that's the kind of thing to expect when you're on these kind of chat sites. That's when I stumbled upon this one guy. He looked to be around the same age group as myself, and seemed like a pretty harmless individual. I decided to say hi. He didn't say anything back, he just typed the word hi in the chat box. I found it kind of weird that he would go through the effort of typing out hi as opposed to just saying hi verbally. He then waved at me and began typing something else. He introduced himself in the chat box saying, My name is Daniel, what's your name? I verbally said, My name is James, how are you? He then stares at the camera and doesn't say a word to me, completely dismissing the fact that I just asked him a question. At this point, I was convinced that this had to be some sort of pre-recorded video and that someone was just trolling me. That's when he began typing in the chat box again, saying, I'm deaf, please type in the chat box unless you know sign language. I honestly felt stupid and immediately typed, no worries, my name is James, and gave a quick thumbs up as an act of kind gesture. He immediately typed back saying, nice to meet you, James, and gave me a thumbs up as well. He then typed something else that 
left me dumbfounded. He said, I will use my whiteboard to chat with you going forward because my hands will be occupied. I was confused by what he meant by that, so I typed, what do you mean by your hands being occupied? He then starts writing on a whiteboard and raises it up on the screen, which read, want to play a game? I typed, sure, what game you want to play? What he did next is something I will never forget to this day. He held a revolver up with one hand and the whiteboard up with the other hand, saying, let's play Russian roulette. I was honestly quite creeped out by this guy and was contemplating on clicking the stop option to skip this weirdo. That's when he wrote another message on the whiteboard saying, one of six. I was confused by what one of six meant. He then took the revolver, slipped one bullet inside the cylinder, and began spinning it with his other hand. I now knew what he meant by one of six. It seemed like the guy was about to demonstrate an act of Russian roulette with one bullet in the cylinder of six. He then puts the revolver against his head. I began typing. What are you doing? Please stop this. The guy then smiles disturbingly on the camera and pulls the trigger. Nothing happened. He starts laughing hysterically like a psycho. I was honestly disturbed, but also skeptical that the gun was real, so I typed, Is that even real? He then points the revolver at the wall and begins to repeatedly press the trigger until the shot is fired. I was completely blown away by what I was seeing and typed, Dude, you could have died! That's when the guy raised the whiteboard to the screen again, showing the message, five of six. I frantically started typing, don't do it, repeatedly in the chat box, desperately trying to get his attention. He then began loading the revolver with five bullets while I gesture no by waving my hands back and forth like a lunatic. I knew the odds of him surviving this time were slim to none. He then raises the revolver against his head once again and begins to disturbingly smile with tears running down his face. He began mumbling the words, It was nice meeting you, James. I immediately slam my laptop shut as I hear a gunshot a split second before the laptop was fully closed. I was left baffled on my computer desk. I hadn't a clue what to do. I stupidly opened my laptop up with my eyes closed. I pressed my hand against the screen where the video chat was located. I opened my eyes, and through the cracks of my fingers, I can see blood displayed everywhere on his screen. I immediately click the exit button on the Google Chrome tab and call it a night. To this day, I'm still skeptical about what I saw that night. I haven't reported anything to the police, nor have I reported anything to Omegle. I'm not sure if that was the wisest decision, but I hope I never encounter anyone like that again. Joining in on the fun, but on this day, 
We're all hanging out around the local basketball court, shooting hoops with an old basketball we found in the grass. And this twin brother kept following me around all over the place with the creepiest grin I've ever seen in my life. Staring right into the neither regions of my soul the whole time. So I back away and then I join the group again. And he kept following me around. When we were walking back to the apartment, it was just me and him walking down the sidewalk behind the group. And he moved in front of me. He stared at me with that creepy look again and fell down to his knees as if he was to worship me or something. I didn't know what to do or say, so I said, hey buddy, you alright? We're heading back now, right? And so on. He wouldn't say anything. He'd just be there on his knees, looking up at me with this clenched face and squinted eyes as if we were looking directly into the sun or something. Later that day, my roommate said he was tripping, so I thought nothing of it and moved on with my life. A few weeks later, we got a phone call from the twin brother that we usually hung out with. And it turned out that his other twin brother went over to his aunt's house with a knife and stabbed him 14 times. She didn't die, but you know, still pretty tough. He had even called the police before going because he knew he was going to do it, but he couldn't stop himself from doing it because, you know, the voices and so on. The court case was covered in the media as this was a small community where this sort of thing doesn't happen every day. I was reading one of the articles and one of the testimonies with this, this twin brother was severely schizophrenic and was hearing voices in his head. He believed to his very bones that his aunt was the devil and that he had been commanded by God to go kill her. So who was this guy that told him to go kill her? Well, as the newspaper article described, it was this guy in the group he hung out with on New Year's Day didn't take me long to realize that he was talking about me. This was over 20 years ago. I know for a fact that it was a mental illness, but just knowing that I somehow commanded him to go kill his aunt just stays with me to this day. This happened to me about a year ago. I used to be a janitor for a cleaning agency. I would basically take contract jobs to clean in various locations. One day, my cleaning agency gave me a cleaning contract at a psychiatric ward, also known as an asylum. To be honest, I was a bit hesitant to take the job just because of the superstition of asylums being haunted, but I took it anyway because the pay was decent. Later that day, I arrive there. I see a huge old looking building. To be honest, I was quite creeped out since the asylum was secluded in the middle of nowhere. When I arrive inside, I notice people giving me an uninviting stare. I'm not just talking about the patients, I'm also talking about the employees as well. To be honest, I kept it professional and began to do my job. I remember mopping the hallway and seeing some really bizarre things. I saw some creepy looking patients that had a disturbing look to them. I don't know, they just looked like the kind of people you would see in one of those exorcist movies.
remember seeing this one guy that really gave me the chills. It was a man who looked to be about seven feet tall. He gave me this really disturbing smile like he wanted to kill me. I could see a nurse instructing him to lay on his bed. He didn't look too happy after that. I also remember seeing a swimming class taking place. Well, not exactly a swimming class, just a bunch of patients in a swimming pool. They were all holding an exercise ball and mimicking the actions of the instructor. I personally found it unsettling, to say the least. When it was around the end of my shift, I was getting ready to head home. I noticed all the patients' doors were closed, except for one room. I could see someone laying on the floor with their legs halfway across the door. It was a bit alarming for one to be laying on the floor like that. I then saw the person getting yanked into the room. That honestly startled the crap out of me. I then noticed a puddle of blood spilling out from the room and onto the hallway. I decided to approach the room and see what the hell was going on. As I peeked inside the room, I saw one of the most disturbing things ever. It was the tall man I saw earlier. He was biting the hell out of one of the nurse's neck. You could see the nurse's eyes gouged out with blood everywhere. I carefully made sure to not scream or make a sound. I got the hell out of there and immediately started driving off. I even called the cops while driving. To this day, I'm still traumatized by what I saw that night. I'm not sure exactly what happened to the tall man, but he still gives me the chills just thinking about him. Up in age, I'm 51 years old. Wow, those were uh, <clears throat> those are pretty bone chilling. Uh, got a couple more coming your way. I hope you guys are enjoying it thus far. Uh, sorry about uh, any background interference you may have heard. Um, so we're gonna get right back to this. Hope you enjoy. This is a story about a girl in my high school. I go to high school just like any normal person would, but I was having a little trouble with my grades. So I started staying after school to do a little extra work to bring my grades up. But I've noticed in school that there has been this quiet girl that attended tutoring alone with eight other people. The thing is, I would always see her staring at me, never taking her eyes off of me. I really didn't mind it, but it felt really creepy. This kept going on for about two weeks. At this point, I was feeling very uncomfortable. One day when school ended and tutoring started, I sit as far away as possible from her. We go home at around 6 p.m. And this day, I got on the bus like usual. There was only one bus because there aren't so many people. And as usual, I would sit as far away as possible from her. But that day, when I got off my bus stop, she got off too. This was weird as she always got off at a different bus stop, but I really didn't pay any attention to it. I thought maybe she changed her bus stop or something, I don't know. I really didn't think about it. It was getting dark, 
and it was about a one mile walk from my bus stop to my home. But I noticed that the girl had been following me for about two minutes and I didn't know why. This of course bothered me, but there wasn't really much I could do. I just ignored her, minding my own business and I kept walking. Two minutes later, I noticed that she kept following me. I started to get the feeling that maybe she was lost or something. It was dark and then she started talking to herself. She was acting really weird and I just wanted to ignore it, but she kept whispering to herself. I could hear mumbling. The sound was getting closer and closer, so I picked up the pace. When I picked up the pace, she also did too. She then let out a scream that was so damn loud that it almost made me pee my pants. I started sprinting. She went chasing after me. I was getting scared, so I ran around the neighborhood. I didn't want her to go to my house because she would know where I live. Around the corner, I saw a bush large enough for me to hide in. Then she stopped as she thought that she lost me. When she stopped, she took a deep breath and she ran away. I stayed there for about five more minutes just to make sure. I was thinking to myself that this girl was insane and had some mental problems. After this horrifying experience, I didn't go to after school tutoring again. This happened to me on a trip to Lyon, France. I was travelling solo from the States and had booked a stay with this old couple in their house. I say old, they must have been in their mid-sixties. It was a new listing and only had a couple of reviews, but they were both really positive. From the photos, I could tell that this place wasn't exactly a five-star joint. But for the price, it was a steal, and in a great location to boot. That first night when I arrived, the older couple actually made dinner for me. It was a nice touch, and who was I to refuse? Their English was decent, so we chatted and shared a few stories, and afterwards I went to explore the city and get a few drinks. I must have returned around 10pm, and my hosts were nowhere to be seen bed asleep, I figured. The pair had told me at dinner to help myself to a little wine, which is precisely what I did when I got in. Nice folks. Afterwards, I went up to my bedroom to settle down myself. Now, I usually have trouble sleeping, but that night, I fell asleep with surprising ease. All the traveling that day had worn me out, and that little bit of wine probably helped too, I guess. I'm not sure what time it was, but I awoke in the night to a flash of lightning. You know when your eyes are closed, but you can still tell there was a flash of bright light. Well, it was just like that. I remained curled up in bed with my eyes still shut, waiting for the crash of thunder to come with it. I counted the passing seconds in my head. My mum always used to tell me that however many seconds there were between the lightning and thunder, that was how many miles away it had struck. So I'm there, counting away in my head. Five seconds. Ten seconds. Twenty. Thirty. Huh. That's odd, I thought. No thunder. It was then, through closed eyelids, that I sensed another lightning flash. Again, I waited for the thunder. But it never came. 
I sat up in bed and opened my eyes, just to see if my sleep-hazed mind was playing tricks on me. It hadn't been. Inside my bedroom were my two hosts. Initially, I didn't realize just how bizarre this situation was. I was still in that confused, just out of sleep state. Even still, I knew there was something off about their expressions. As my eyes adjusted, I could tell what was wrong. They were both wearing masks, latex masks of old human faces with exaggerated features. The flashes had been from the camera the woman was holding. They had been taking pictures of me whilst I slept. The husband was nearer to the bed than the wife though, and he was in mid-step, moving closer. She was further back by the door. It was as if he wanted to be in the pictures. With me now awake, they both froze like a pair of mannequins. What do you want? At the time, I couldn't think of anything else to say. The adrenaline hadn't kicked in yet. I was more confused than freaked out. You're dreaming, said the male. His voice muffled behind the latex mask. Then, backing up towards the door. Good night. It wasn't until I noticed the metal wrench in the old man's hand that the situation fully dawned on me. I quickly gathered my shit and made for the front door, glancing around like crazy in case the old fucks tried to ambush me with the wrench from around a corner. Needless to say... I contacted the police immediately, though nothing ever came of it. My evidence was all anecdotal. The old geezers had been smart enough to delete all of the pictures. My complaints to Airbnb were largely ignored too, though the old couple did remove their listing from the site. I don't know what all of that was about. Some cult-like shit? A messed up fetish? Some fucking potential snuff pictures they were making? The old man was definitely in the shots, and it was clear that he was trying to step towards me quietly, wrench in hand. Whatever the case, I'll never complain about being a light sleeper again. I still check Airbnb regularly, just to make sure they don't use it to lure anyone else in. those were uh, interesting to say the least but I think that is gonna bring us to a close on this week's episode I really hope that you guys enjoyed the, the whole thing uh, on October 16th uh, gonna have a very good friend of the show Robert Lott uh, director of our us over at Grey Entity Studios our next film, uh, For Rent, uh, written by us, Grey Entity Studios, uh, which is mine and Tab's production company that we have, where uh, you can actually check us out on YouTube, uh, our channel. We have a couple of films uh, and some shorts. 
up there for you. Uh, you can check out, uh, again, that's Gray Entity Studios on YouTube. And we also have a Facebook page. You can, uh, you can like us on Facebook as well. We welcome all new, all new friends to our filmmaking uh, journey. Uh, here at Happy Hour Podcast now, you can, uh, again, follow us on Twitter at Happy Hour Show 3. That's Happy Hour Show 3. Uh, you can find some cool pictures that we do behind the scenes here on the before and after the show on our Instagram page at Happy Hour Pod 3. And you can also, of course, find us on Facebook. Just search Happy Hour Podcast. You know the picture. Click on it. Hit that blue thumb. And uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Happy Hour. I'm your host. Well, one of the three hosts. I'm Mike. Uh, thank you for listening. And real quick... Uh, Tabworks at uh, Popelik Haunted Woods. That's here in Louisville. Uh, be sure to go check that out this uh, haunt season. And uh, Caleb, he works over at Amer the American Horrorplex, which is also here in Louisville. You can uh, go check those guys out. Also, both haunts are amazing. Uh, lots of lots of great characters, makeup, sets, all that stuff. Um. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off, and I want to thank you guys once again for listening to this episode of Happy Hour, and look for a new episode next week. I will see you then. Take care of yourselves, and have a good weekend. Drink up, but responsibly. Good night.